good morning. It's good to see you all in this place this morning. And, and I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to be looking at verses 11 through 21 in Ephesians chapter 5. With time change, change this weekend, I thought it would be a great opportunity to uh, think together about the subject of time. You know, it seems like many of us uh, notice that time seems to speed up at certain points in life. For instance, the older you get, it seems like time really flies by. And, uh, you know, you've probably heard uh, time flies when you're having fun. And so I was reading about that and, and uh, uh, about why that occurs. And there are some things that happen in the brain. And a little portion, I think it's in the brain, called the amygdala. And there's some chemistry that goes on. Anyway, that's already above my pay grade. But I was reading about that, and it talked about how as we get older, uh, our brain is not as active because we slow down. We're not making as many new memories and things like that. And uh, I thought it was just a, a great little plug for as we get older, we should continue uh, to be active, to meet new people, to read and learn new things, and maybe it'll help time slow down just a little bit for us. And there are, we know there are times in our life when it seems like time just slows to a crawl. When it, I mean, it's just like, oh my goodness, is this ever going to happen? I was at a fast food uh, drive through here this last week, and time was passing so slow, and I was about at the end of my wits. There are other times when time really passes slow. Maybe you're in a boring class in school, and you just think that the bell is never going to ring, or maybe you're in a long, boring sermon. Now, we don't do those here. We do long. Sometimes we do boring. We try to never combine the two, long, boring sermons. I remember, and I was just thinking about time change and, and fast food and sermons. <laughs> and I was thinking about time change weekend growing up. And I was in junior high. I had the early lunch schedule, which meant that you ate lunch at like 10.50 or something like that. And you know, your body gets in a routine. And, and so you get used to eating, and it would come about time change weekend, and our preacher usually preached till 12 or 12.15. All right, and, and, and it was so late. It was time for lunch before we ever started. And you know, when I don't know how uh, junior high people are today, and my day, I mean, you didn't want anything to go wrong. No attention to be brought to yourself, nothing embarrassing. And I would be sitting over there, with my group of friends in church, and it never failed. Time change weekend. I mean, I'm already an hour past lunch, and, and, and it gets quiet in the sermon, and all of a sudden, sudden something happens. <laughs> Emanating from my stomach. <laughs> and anyway, I just thought about how embarrassing that was in church on time change weekend. So I hope you brought a snack today. And uh, I'll tell you what, if your stomach growls today, here's a little trick. Just when it makes that really loud noise, just look at the person next to you and go, <laughs> put it on them. Nobody will know the difference, all right? So time going really slowly. In fact, though, the passage of time is a constant. It doesn't actually speed up or slow down. It moves steadily on. And today we're going to think about how the Bible talks about the passage of time, and not just the passage of time, but about the Christian's embrace 
of time. How should we think about the time that we are given in our lives? So let's read together Ephesians 5 verses 11 through 21. It says, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they're exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason it says, awake sleeper and arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time. Because the days are evil. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. And be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. I love how the King James says it. We're going to focus in on verse 16, redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. Today we're thinking about it's time for a time change. We're going to do three things today. We're going to ask the question, what is time? Secondly, how do we redeem the time? And thirdly, what are some practical steps that we can do to redeem the time? First question, what is time? Have you ever actually thought about what time is? Is time just a particular placement or position of the hands on a clock? Or a particular set of numbers on a clock? Is time merely a reference to some point in the revolution of the earth on its axis or in its trip around the sun? Or is time, as scientists would say, just a fourth dimension of the universe? It's just a thing. Those are ways we can think about time. But the Bible doesn't speak about it in those sterile terms. No, time represents a span of moments. Time represents a span of moments that we cannot redo, we cannot repeat, we cannot recreate. Here in our passage, time is spoken in, in very personal and meaningful ways. The New American Standard, what I read in this morning says this about verse 16. It's the translation is make the most of your time. Time is personal. Make the most of your time. The way this passage is speaking is number one, time is your life. It is the numbers on either side of the dash that will be on your gravestone. It is your life, your days, your allotted span on this planet. You know, each and every moment that we are given in life is a stunning gift from God. We did not create our own life. It is a gift from God. And I think that we often fail to fully appreciate what a good gift it is to be given life by our Creator the NIV 
says this. Here's how it renders verse 16. Make the most of every opportunity. So time, we could think about it as just the days of our lives. Or we could, not the soap opera by the way. Or we could think about it as all of the various opportunities that God has granted to us. Make the most, it says, of every opportunity. You know, we are given so many wonderful and unique opportunities, but not endless ones. Many opportunities, but not endless ones. And I think about how many opportunities that we fail to see, we fail to seize, we fail to act on, when they lay right before us. Mark Twain said, I was seldom able to see an opportunity until it ceased to be one. How many missed opportunities fly right by us because we are not paying attention to the time and the limited time that we have. Time is a significant gift from God that refers to our finite life and to the many opportunities that we have. And our life, our time on this earth will one day cease. And so we need to place a premium on our time. We need to value it. And so this passage says we need to redeem the time. We need to make the most of our time. We need to value it. So that's question number two. How do we redeem the time? How is it redeemed? Redeem means this, to buy something back. To get it back. The end of daylight savings is really the only time in the year when we can recall the past. With a punch of a couple of buttons, some of you haven't figured out how to, which buttons to press yet, right? And with a punch of a couple of buttons, we can get back an hour of our life. But really, this passage isn't referring to going back into the past though there is a little piece we'll talk about. Unless your name is Marty McFly, you cannot go back. Okay? You cannot go back. You and I, we cannot change the past. God can, but we can't. But we can think about the future. We can redeem the present moment. This passage invites us to consider whether or not it might be time for a change in our lives. The way that we live our lives to grasp and seize the moments that we have. Because it says this, it says, redeem the time because the days are evil. That's an interesting thing to say. The days are evil. And, and I can't get into all of that. I'm not sure I know exactly what all that means, but here's what I think part of it means about the days being evil. I think it means this. It is so easy when we're just on autopilot and cruise control and living in the flesh. It's so easy for all of the days that God has gifted us for us to misuse and abuse them and turn them from a good gift into something that is quite contrary to what God intends. It's so easy to misuse the time that we've been given. To live our life in very careless ways. And ungodly purposes. We're supposed to redeem the time. Redeem the times of our lives. Because if we don't, our days can be used for evil. 
and for purposes opposite of what God intends. So let's think about it. I want to show you a couple of things as I was just perusing through and writing some notes about what redeeming the time would look like in our lives. And I'll point you to the passages where I got these things. I got four of them. Redeeming time looks like, number one, being pure. That's from verse 11. It says, do not participate in the unproductive deeds of darkness or evil deeds. So in other words, if we would grab back the days for good and godly purposes, number one, we would strive to be pure, to live lives that reflect the good and holy and perfect character of God. So verse 11, redeeming time looks like being pure and holy like God is. Number two, it's being purposeful. If we're going to redeem the time, we should seek to be purposeful with all of our days and moments. Look at what verse 15 says. Be careful how you walk. Be careful how you walk, not as unwise or foolishly, but wise. And so we think about being really thoughtful and careful and purposeful about what we do each day. Now, I'm a, I'm a fly by the seat of your pants kind of guy. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes that gets me in trouble. Sometimes my days end up, while being exciting and fun, uh, sometimes I don't accomplish much. Sometimes I get drug around and I do things and before you know it I go where did the day go? I didn't actually accomplish anything that I felt like was what I should have done that day and this is be careful how you walk. You know we can slip into unhealthy and ungodly and unproductive patterns in our lives so easy just by neglecting this thoughtfulness. Be careful about how you walk. Make sure that you're walking in a way that is thoughtful and wise in accord with the things of the Lord. Give attention to how your time is spent. If I said the name to you, Charles Schwab, maybe many of you would think about uh, an investment banker or something like that. Charles Schwab was, was over a factory. I read this story and, and said, you know, they weren't as productive as he hoped to be. And so there was a consultant that came in. He said, I can revolutionize your life. I can totally transform this company in a very easy way. And he says, you know, I doubt that. And the guy says, I'm going to give you a step to do. And if you would just do this, when you discover the value in it personally, if you will then have your managers and those over the different departments do this, it will change this company, make you more productive and all of these things. And, and he said, and you don't have to pay me a dime until you realize the value of what I have shared with you. And so Schwab said, let me have it. And he said, do this. At the beginning of each day, take out a piece of paper and write down the most important things that you need to get done that day. Write down no more than three or four, all right? And then prioritize them. One down to the bottom with the most important at top, the least important at bottom. And he says, and then start your day and do number one and do not move to number two until you have done that thing. Schwab said, okay, yeah, whatever. The man got a check in the mail a few weeks later for $25,000 from Charles Schwab, which was an enormous sum in that day because he realized the value and put into practice the value of prioritizing his day. And he 
made that systemic in his company and it made them a lot of money. And I think for us, we need to think about being purposeful. What is important in your life? What do you want to accomplish? Make a list, prioritize. That doesn't mean that we should never take time to be derailed. I look at the life of Jesus. And I think Jesus was this way. He had a purpose. He had his sights on what the Father had given him to do. He started the days early, away from people in prayer, laying his day out and his life and his purpose out before the Lord. Jesus said, you know, during the day I'm working. There's a day coming when we will not work, but, but I'm working and doing exactly what the Father has shown me to do. But as Jesus was on his way places, he would encounter a need or a per- person that he had compassion on, and he would often stop and deal with those needs. So it doesn't mean that we're robotic and we're ruthless and we're charging ahead and we don't give time to people. But hey, listen, we need to think about being careful about what we are doing with our time. Are we accomplishing the God-given purposes that we have? The third thing that I think redeeming the time looks like comes from verses 11 and 18. It's being productive. It's tied to the other one. We're being purposeful, but we're also being productive. Hey, let me just stop and and go on a mini rant right here and just say this. Man, our country, my mom, I was visiting with them in Oklahoma, and she goes, what is the deal with the Walmart shelves? I was like, what do you mean? She said, there's a bunch of them with nothing there. Our country, I believe, is facing some serious problems. And that is, in large measure, due to the fact that we have lost sight of the value of just simply producing things and being productive. We're depending on far too many people in faraway places to supply all of our needs. And I think this, the Bible commends producing things. Being able to produce goods so that we have what we need and that we can share with others. That's in the New Testament. That is a Christian virtue. Being productive. I'll tell you, again, I could just go down this road for a long while and get y'all stomping your feet and some of you stomping mad and all of that. But productivity is a good thing. Our food doesn't come from an Amazon button. Okay? Productivity, being productive. So look at here's where I get this. You say you're stretching it. Let me show it to you. Verse 11. Verse 11. Do not participate in unfruitful deeds. Doing a bunch of stuff that doesn't make a hill of beans or doesn't produce black eyed peas or green beans or something like that. Unproductive, unfruitful deeds. Don't be participating in that. And then in verse 18, he says, Do not be drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. Let's stop right there. There's a way that we can live our life, and here's a very real example of being consumed by the alcohol that we consume to the point of being drunken. And that becomes a habitual thing that thwarts the purpose of our life. So he says, Don't be drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. That can leak all of the air out of the tires of your life. And before you know it, you're nothing but a consumer hooked on a product that does no good for you. That is dissipation. So the idea here, if you put all of this together, is there are good things that we need to do. And we don't need to let worthless or useless pursuits thwart that. All right? So do not be 
participating in unfruitful, unproductive deeds. Don't get drunk with wine. You know, redeeming the time. Here, I was, I've been woolen this around last night. You know, I'm thinking about, okay, what, what are my little sub points going to be? What are my rants going to be in this sermon? What am I going to pick on about redeeming the time? And I was like, you know, multitasking, that's a good thing. So I'm working on this sermon. And a way that I could redeem the time right here would be, Whitney said she got me some mint chocolate chip ice cream and it's in the freezer. And I could redeem the time by enjoying that. If we're not careful, we hear something about redeem the time. Man, fill it up. Fill up all of your time with good things. And then we equate good things with things we like, things we consume. So that's thus mint chocolate chip ice cream. And I was like, you know... Would that really be productive? Is that good for me? I did it, okay? Okay, several spoonfuls, I did it. You know, and uh, here's what redeeming the time is not. It is not a life of continual self-gratification, self-indulgence, filling our life with all of the personal pleasures. And again, I get that from this idea of don't be drunk with wine. If we're not careful, the things that make us feel good or taste good or are good for a little while, they become our masters. So we need to watch out for those things that make us less productive. So what he says is, and there's a contrast here, so don't be drunk with wine. Instead, be filled up with the Spirit of God. When the Holy Spirit of God fills our lives and is in our life and we yield our lives to Him, He produces good fruit the fruit of the Spirit. We become productive when we yield our lives to the God who lives within us. If we're Christians, if you are a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. You have all of the potential in heaven and earth to produce good fruit. We just need to yield to that and seek to be spiritual fruit producers. The last thing redeeming the time looks like, I think, is being pleasant. This is me trying to just put together the last things in those verses that we read, verses 19 through 21. When we redeem our time, we say things that are valuable. Our speech becomes something that builds up others instead of tearing them down. If you don't believe me, look at it. Verse 19. If we're redeeming the time, we're speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing, making melody melody with your heart to the Lord. Think about it this way, being pleasant. So not just speech and things that we say that are pleasant, but it's actually our tongue is connected to a heart that is filled up with pleasant things. We're cultivating an attitude and a heart and an inner life of gladness and thanksgiving to the Lord. This is one of the most powerful things that you can do to change the very course of your life. It's to cultivate a heart that is thankful to the Lord. Attitudes that are pleasing to the Lord. Appreciative of all of the gifts that God has given us. We asked the question last week, are you happy in the Lord? Are you glad? Is your heart full of thanksgiving? One of the good ways you can know is what comes out of your mouth. Good fruit or bad fruit. All right, so that's some of what redeeming the time looks like. Let's move to the last thing, and this is what are some practical steps that we can put in place? 
to begin redeeming the time in our lives. The time of our lives. Where do we start in this redeeming the time? Time change is a momentous event. I never understood as a kid why people got so shook up about it. I was like, what's the big deal? You just go up to the microwave, that's where my clock is, and you go, beep, 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 done. It's over. And then you wake up when the alarm clock says, right? What's the problem? The problem is we're creatures of habit and rhythms. And it is hard, the older we get, to reprogram. Now in life, I hate time change. It totally messes everything up. Not just because my stomach is growling at weird times. But because I don't feel like I should be getting up at this time. My wife feels like I should not be falling asleep at that time. She's like, it's 6 o'clock. Why are you asleep in the evening? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just tired. And I'm all messed up. Stop changing the time. That's a different sermon too. <laughs> you know, there's some people like, I, I'm not even going to change. I'm not going to change the clock. We're not going to change the time. I wish they would do that. But Paul here, inspired of the Holy Spirit, is encouraging. It's time to change your time. It's time to change the way you are approaching and spending your time. You need a revolution in your time. Some practical steps. How do we do that? How do we redeem the time as Creations of God. Number one, verse 14. Wake up, sleeper. Come into the light of the Lord. Now, the first thing that's going to change your life, and this is the foundational step. You can't go to step two until you've gone to step one. If your time in your life would be redeemed, number one, you need to submit all of your time, past, present, and future, to the Lord who is a redeemer. Jesus Christ is a redeemer of lives. He's a redeemer. He changes things. We were singing that first song and uh, I was just thinking about how our current life, the time of this moment right here, is so often dictated by the things of the past. By the mistakes that we've made. The choices. The wrong opportunities we pursued. Neglecting the right opportunities. And how in our life we get to a point where we think there's just nothing left for us. It's too late for me. I can't go on. I can't move ahead. My life is worthless. And we find ourselves in a pit and feeling like it's over. And there are a lot of people, folks, who feel that way. I want to say something to you. Your life is not beyond redemption. No matter what choices you have made in the past, if you are willing today to give your life to Jesus... He will lift you up out of the pit. And he will take all of those past sins and mistakes and dreadful things and he can turn them for the good. He can actually redeem your life and put you on a higher place and a higher plane. And he will do something for you. 
He will give you eternal life. He will free you from the bonds of Satan, of darkness, and of death. And he will extend your days forevermore. So, redeeming the time starts by giving our time, our lives, the past, the present, and the future to Jesus. Wake up, sleeper. Come into the light. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ who frees us from death. Verse 17 contains another practical step if we would seek to have our life and time redeemed. Seek understanding for the Lord's will in your life. Seek understanding for your life. Did you know that you're not like anyone else? God has unique purposes and plans for you that belong to no one else. We are so prone to be formulaic people. We want to be just like the world says we should be. Sometimes we want to be exactly what we think our parents want us to be or what our classmates say that we should be. Seek the Lord's will for your life. Have you laid your career choice and change before the Lord? The next phase of your life, your retirement, your mate, your choice of colleges, have you laid that before the Lord? Don't take missteps, but instead come before the Lord. Seek His understanding in your life. What is God's will for your life? How about this? It could be a simple thing. Maybe it's not some major fork in the road that you need to seek the Lord's understanding and will in. Maybe it's simply this. Lord, what would you have me to do today? Lord, is there a neighbor on my street that maybe I should stop and take a plate of cookies to? Is there maybe an older person that I know that could, I should send a card to or make a visit to or give a phone call to? Is there a family member Lord, that you would place on my heart that maybe I need to make time for them. Is there a church member, a Sunday school class friend that I should call and take to coffee? Lord, when I go to church today, would you cause my path to intersect with somebody who just needs a word of encouragement? That, that's a way to redeem the time. Did you think about that? Have you, have, you, have you laid your Sunday morning before the Lord and said, Lord, guide me in my conversations today, in my workplace? You know what? Maybe there's a problem in your workplace or in your family, in your household, and you need to redeem the time by not sweeping it under the rug, but instead saying, Lord, would you give me wisdom and know how to deal with this problem? Redeem the time. Be light in dark places Seek to know what the Lord's will is for your life. Get off of autopilot. Stop following the world's pattern. Be sensitive to how the Spirit would lead you. Here's another one. Commit. Commit to making a time change. And this is where it's hard. Man, I mean, you know, the world, the, the, the country commits for us that we're going to change our clocks. But what about the rest of our time? Will you commit to giving your time to the Lord? Would you commit to a change? in your pattern, in your way of doing things. Let the Lord redeem your moments and your days and your conversations. Commit 
to the Holy Spirit's control in your life. Instead of walking by the flesh, walking in the natural, walking in old patterns, verse 18, let the Holy Spirit control you. That doesn't happen by accident, by the way. That takes a purposeful commitment. I love what I read last night. I forget who wrote it. It may have been Spurgeon, but he said, at the beginning of every day, lay that day before the Lord in prayer. Part of your prayer can just be that, Lord, give me guidance for this day. And then he said, at the end of the day, lay the past day before the Lord, giving him thanks for the good things, confessing as sin, missed opportunities, and then lay the past day at the foot of the cross. Holy Spirit's control in our lives. Confession of sin, but move from the past. Make a plan. Prioritize things in your life. Here's the last thing I want to say to you in terms of a practical application for redeeming the time. And it's this. Do good. You know, the book of James, James 4, 17, says to the one that knows to do good and does not do it. He doesn't say it's a missed opportunity. What does he call it? He said, that's sin to you. To the one that knows to do good and just lets that opportunity pass by without moving, saying a word, writing a check, doing a thing, that is sin to us. And I am convicted about this. About how many things that come before my eyes and attention. That I just let it pass by. And I go, someone else will take care of that. Do good. Make a difference. Shine your light. We take for granted the time that God has given us. And I think the younger we are, the more we're prone to do that. But I think all of us do that. And I think we assume that that person in our life is always going to be there. I think we assume that our parents will always be there for us to come to and seek wisdom from. And I think for our kids, we assume as parents, we'll outlive them. Right? We'll always have them. I think we forget that those little boys and girls grow up. And one day they're going to leave our household. And we have opportunities now that we dare not miss. I think there are friends and lost acquaintances that we encounter every day. And we think tomorrow will be the day. I'll say something. I think we say there will be a more opportune time than today. And we let it float by us. And I can tell you, friends, we don't always have tomorrow. We're not promised one more day in our lives or with anyone else. And so I think that we need to leave this place being very aware of this. God will hold us to account for how we spend the gift of our days. And that's not a threat, but it's a promise. And it should make us want to be more careful with our time. 
realize that God has placed us in this world for such a time as this. And he's given us boundaries and put us in a place to live and put people around us that he wants us to reflect the goodness of God to. Do good. Spend your life well. Spend your words well. Spend your money well. Redeem the time. It is so easy, man, to just miss it. And before you know it, lost opportunities that you will never have again. Pray with me. Lord, I pray today that as we're now in a day and a weekend where literally our clocks and our time has changed, that today that you would impress on our hearts a step, a commitment, a practice, an area of life that we need to commit to you. Help us to live our lives well. Help us not to waste our lives by wasting a day or an hour or even a moment. But let us be spirit-filled, fruit-producing Christians that truly impact the world. Maybe not in grandiose ways, but just with the things that we say, the encouragement, the life-giving words that we give to others. Lord, we want to commit ourselves to you. Help us to know each one what that looks like. And God, today we leave this place thankful that Jesus came to redeem those of us who have wasted time who have not spent our time well. But Lord, you wash away our sins. You give us a clean bill to live this day by the blood of Calvary's cross. And you forgive us, you redeem us, and you set us in a better place. So help us to live as we go out these doors today as forgiven, redeemed people who no longer stare at the closed doors of the past, but embrace the day that you have made. And let us be rejoicing and glad in it. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.